It's been a little while. Good to see you once again. Hello, he is Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law, and we welcome you to a brand new Village Vice. Zach, it's always this time of year. There's stuff happening all the time. So since we were last with our villagers or vicers, we got to get that set. We got to figure um, that out. We got to figure think that out. I'm leaning towards villagers, by the okay. way. All right, let's do that. Let's go village. Can we just make that official? Let's do it. You guys are villagers now. Thank you. Okay, just like that. Love it. So since we last saw the villagers, uh, plenty has happened within the program. And not the least of those things is Keontae Scott announcing that he is coming back for another year with the Auburn football program. Yeah, we entered the offseason. There was, what, five or six guys that were kind of like, okay, would make sense for them to leave, but also wouldn't shock us entirely if they were to stay. Keontae Scott, second to Marcus Harris, and we'll, and we'll get to him in a second, the, the most important to return. And Keontae Scott is a versatile defensive back. He also loves Auburn. He loves recruiting. He loves the fans. He loves hyping up the crowd and hyping up his teammates and being a leader. There's so much that goes into Keontae Scott's game that doesn't just happen on the field. I think you and I both agree on that. And also, just from a roster construction standpoint, it's interesting because he's he's a corner. He's been a corner most of his career, and they've kind of put him in the middle of the field uh, this past season. So what is he going to do now that DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchard are gone? Uh, having a chess piece like that in the defensive back room is going to be crucial as Hugh Freeze continues to rebuild this roster. Yeah, I mean, we saw when he wasn't available early in the year what it did to the defense and when, when he returned, yeah. what it meant to the defense. Um, I'll talk a little bit about this when we get to Marcus, but um, okay. having a chance to get to know some of these guys as more than just a number on a jersey or a logo on a helmet, uh, this time of year is is uh, a it's, it's an it's, it's a surreal kind of time of year a guy like Keontae coming back, it's exciting for him. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself in, in talking about because it does relate to Marcus. But I say all that to say I got a chance to meet Keontae's mom back in the summer. And his family moved a little bit closer to him here. And she talked about Keontae and his he's just always loved football. And he's loved to play football from a very, very young age. And um, he's a guy who didn't have ties really to the Southeast before he came to Auburn, a guy from San Diego originally, surfer, you know, surfer and football player from the West Coast. Yeah. And and to come to Auburn and to fall in love with this place and to find a home within the football program, you know, Alabama culture is very different from California culture. It just is. And he's really found a home and and fits in really well here. And that's off the field, right? So now we talk about what he means to the team on the field, and it's a huge piece that's coming back for this team in 2024. Yeah, and, and I've had debates because a lot of people just assume he's going to be the outside corner now, which from a roster construction standpoint, it makes sense. But Brad, he's so rangy. Yeah. And corners aren't rangy like that. And the fact that he moves so well and can cover so much ground I want him in the middle of the field. I don't want him limited by a sideline. So I, I'm really interested to see what their plans are for using him. And it may depend, right? It, they've offered several outside corners in the portal early on, and they've committed elsewhere. It doesn't seem like Auburn's been too aggressive with a ton of outside corners. And, and maybe it's because Keontae Scott was up in the air. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. But I do think it may depend. If they get a starting caliber corner to put opposite K and Lee, do they leave Keontae Scott at that star position? Or do they move him to corner and say, hey, Donovan Kaufman, we're comfortable with you playing star. He's done it before, and he's done it at a decent level. So uh, Auburn's put, Keontae Scott's return puts Auburn in a good situation where there's not really uh, to me, I don't think there's an obvious right answer, mm-hmm. but there's not a wrong answer, which is which is good. And we talk about raising the floor of this Auburn football program. The return of Keontae Scott certainly does that. No question about it. Love the versatility. I like when he plays close to the line of scrimmage, too. And, and in this yeah. defense, whether he's coming with pressure, um, if he gets matched up with somebody in the slot, he has some coverage ability there. Um, you can play him so many places. And let's not overlook going into the season without any doubt of who your number one punt returner is. That element of his game, he's matured as a punt returner tremendously over the last year. You have a high degree. I, I think the confidence with him back there at the end of the year versus the beginning of the year was in, was different. And yeah, knowing you have that piece in place going into next year is a, is a comfort piece. Yeah, I wish you would have returned one more punt yeah. this year, Brad. We, yeah, we all do. Yeah, Just to be honest with you. Uh, we already mentioned him, but Marcus Harris announced yeah. that he is declaring for the NFL draft. This does not come uh, to surprise to, to most. I assume it does not surprise you. It did not surprise me. And rightfully so. I mean, Marcus Harris was picking up a lot of steam around NFL draft circles about halfway through the season. Talk to folks where scouts are spending a lot of time in Auburn's athletic department looking at his tape. Um, there's one team in particular that seems very interested in Marcus Harris. We'll leave it at that. But I think I think this is great for Marcus. I do think this leaves a massive hole on this defensive front. But we've already seen them start to pursue defensive linemen. And this room may get younger. I mean, there's a lot of traction that Auburn is pushing all of their chips to the middle of the table to get LJ McCray, the the five-star defensive tackle from Florida. And, and he's probably a start day one type guy. But outside of that, like can TJ Lindsay, the true freshman that's coming in, can he come in and play right away? Can a can a can a Blockton come in and play right away? I don't know. I don't know. So they're gonna have to hit the transfer portal. We already knew that for defensive linemen, but they may have to rely on some of these incoming high-star freshmen uh, to help fill that hole that Marcus Harris is leaving behind. Yeah, and we've got so much time to talk about roster construction, and we will do plenty of that on the show. And I I do want to take an appropriate amount of time, though, to talk about Marcus Harris and the fact that he's everything likable about an Auburn football player. Right. So let's talk Marcus Harris, the 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 man. Okay. Versus yeah. versus Marcus Harris, the football player. Blue collar, worked his way into a scholarship offer at Kansas. Academic all Big 12 there his freshman year, played 10 games, started five, earned a scholarship Auburn, a uh, scholarship offer to come to Auburn, right? An hour from home, Montgomery guy, um, gets to come back to his home state and, and play at the school an hour away. 40 tackles, 11 for loss, seven sacks, a leader on the team. Marcus is a guy who would stay after practice. I heard about this earlier this year. He stayed after practice in order to help with hands-on coaching of the younger defensive lineman. Like put his hands on on Keldrick Falk's backside and said, get down, you got to be lower. This isn't the way to do it, get down. 
um, showing guys the right way to do because he said there's a standard with which we play at Auburn and we have to meet that standard. And it was important to Marcus to pass that down and to make sure that that was ingrained in the players before moving on because he knew he wasn't going to be here more than another year. Like even if he came back next year, he knew at some point his time at Auburn was going to end yeah. and it was important to him to pass that down. So, you know, when a guy comes to Auburn and you can see very clearly the results of the time that he's invested, the physical sacrifice and, and other sacrifices these guys make, they're very real. And I kind of hope these guys, if they're projected to be drafted, I kind of always hope they go a, a little early because that's that's generationally transformative uh, yeah. money and opportunities and platforms and and all these things. And and Marcus now has that opportunity and absolutely hope that that he's drafted, that people see the the value of Marcus as a player at the next level. Yeah, and I think his game translates to the next mm -hmm. level. I, I don't know if he's going to be an all-pro or anything like that, but he could be. He's going to put the effort to get there, which yeah. which is all that you can really ask for when you draft a player, like where he's potentially going to go, which I think is either late day two or early day three. And those guys are expected to be starters. And I think Marcus Harris will be a starter yeah. at some point in his career at the next level. So props to him. Congratulations to him. Can't wait to follow his career at the next level and look whatever team he's going to you may want to uh you may want to cheer a little extra hard for them at mybookie.ag we love our friends at my bookie and uh right now i'm eyeing my bookie's line auburn minus two and a half in the music city bowl against maryland that's just an enticing line to me right now brad so it doesn't matter where you are mybookie.ag They've got you covered. All you have to do is make a free account at mybookie.ag. And when you make that first deposit, use promo code next round and you'll get some extra money to play with. You're already making money over at mybookie.ag. So be sure to give them a, give them a chance. We know that you will love the service that they provide. Mybookie.ag, use promo code next round. Another guy that's kind of in this, okay, he could go. Mm-hmm. He could come back is Eugene Asante. And I think Eugene Asante um, is, is a guy that makes sense in Auburn's system. It's like he finally, finally hit his stride. Um, and I know he dealt with a lot of personal stuff when he arrived here, but I mean, he kind of became the face of Auburn's marketing for a little bit. You know, Mr. Let's Work. I've never seen Auburn lean into a player's kind of thing as much as we did Eugene Asante a year ago. And I loved it. It kind of fits culturally what this coaching staff is trying to build. The whole, like, let's work, let's strive to get to that next point. And Eugene Asante was kind of the guy championing all of that. I think it's worth whatever this coaching staff, whatever on to victory needs to do to keep Eugene Asante on Auburn's roster, mm -hmm. they got to do it, Brad. Yeah, as opposed to transferring. Do you... I don't know. How serious do you think is the conversation of him transferring to another school versus trying to go to the next level? Because he seems to me pretty pretty happy at Auburn, pretty fired up about what he did within this defense this year. Yeah, the you know, these these guys that are currently on the roster, they know what the guys coming in are getting. All yeah. these players talk. And so I I think, you know, you gotta assume Keontae Scott was taken care of at some degree. Yeah. 
And, you know, Eugene Asante probably feels like, and he's correct in this, uh, feels like he deserves it. And so Auburn needs to make sure that Eugene Asante is taken care of. If they don't, I do think that talk would be real. But yeah. I have faith that this Auburn coaching staff, or I guess it's not the coaching staff, that, that on to victory uh, is going to make sure Eugene Asante stays. I, I think yeah. that would be a really bad look if the guy that you based a lot of your marketing and branding around on social media and they put him on the big board and the jumbotron and ga on game days, like if you let him walk, yeah, especially to another school that's comparable than you, I think yeah. it's a bad look. I really do. All right, let me play a fun guy. I didn't tell you we were going to do this, but um, with the guys Auburn has coming in, okay, if Eugene Asante stays, all right, he had 84 tackles this season, 84. Does he get more or or fewer than 84 next year, knowing the guys you have coming in? I'm not saying necessarily that his playing time is cut down. I just mean those guys have an opportunity to be productive as well more and you got austin keys who's going to be healthy yeah he gets more yeah he gets more so you think he gets more than 84 i do i do and i think a lot of that doesn't have to do with the linebacker room I, I think marcus harris leaving is a big deal and as mm -hmm. of right now it doesn't seem like there's an obvious guy to fit that spot i like the idea of having justin rogers and jason jones on the field at the same time we saw them do that in mm -hmm. spring and then I think Rodgers kind of fell behind a little bit. That's why he didn't start the season. So they had to change what they did from a personnel standpoint. But I, I don't think the Auburn defensive line is going to be as good next year. And so, yeah, your linebackers are going to get more tackles. Okay. So more than 84. More than eight and a half tackles for loss? Is that what he had this past year? What he had this past year? No. Okay. Uh, five sacks? No. All right, there you go. Those were great. Those, by the way, those numbers are outstanding numbers. Solid, for Eugene. solid I mean, under the radar stuff. Seriously, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eight Good and a half tackles for loss, five sacks from from Asante from the linebacker spot. But again, and, and a little of that goes into again the versatility of some of these guys. They can play up the middle. They can come off the edge. They can rush the the passer. Um, so, and and you would expect that to be the case again. Would be massive. Would be in, you know all these guys. And I heard you make this point on on your locked on Auburn episode this morning sure that if a Keontae Scott uh, if you were to get a Keontae Scott in the transfer portal you'd be doing backflips so all of these guys who decide to return view them as portal pickups view them as recruiting wins yeah and yeah celebrate accordingly would be huge yeah this coaching staff has put a lot of focus on recruiting their own roster mm -hmm. and you see that I mean the only guy that I, I'm somewhat that I think somewhat impacts the success of next season that's entered the portal is Steven Sings. And to me, it seems like they let him go. I don't think he left with a whole lot of resistance. So right. that's, you know, that's just I'm trusting the coaching staff more than myself mm -hmm. in that scenario. But all these other guys that have left, they're not hurting you. Marquise Gilbert, like we kind of hoped, you know, he was the former number one Juco safety in his class. We kind of hoped he would take that next step. He and Keontae came in at the same time. Keontae found a way, and, and Gilbert really hasn't. But then, like, Wilkie Denod and Steven Johnson and Lindsey Sledge, okay, like maybe some potential depth down the road, uh, especially with Wilkie Denod, but all right. Like, I get why he's wanting to leave. And then Malcolm Johnson Jr. and Amari Kelly, we knew this wide receiver room was going to change over. 
Mm -hmm. Tyler Fromm, I think you can make the argument that he would have impacted the 2024 roster, but okay. I don't think that's hurting you that much offensively, especially with them trying to probably morph it into more of a, a true spread, not just running it all the time. So, uh, I think they've done a great job yeah. of retaining starters, Brad, and, and I think that that's worthy of note for sure. Yeah, I, no, I I do too. Auburn still has a a number of transfers that is in the bottom half of the SEC, and it's not a number that is uh, concerning. Like more, it, it's on par. It, it's actually a little below average in the SEC. You have some programs that are already in the high teens of guys who is who have left and yeah the teams typically with the the biggest number leaving are requiring the most upheaval for a reason um yeah auburn a year ago right yeah Yeah, auburn a year ago look at texas a&m this year vanderbilt this year mississippi state this year there's major upheaval there i think the number of guys in the portal to this point it's been officially open for a week and a half I think that tells you about, even though it's getting there close to double digits now, it's still bottom half of the SEC, and it tells you about some of the stability that this staff has brought to the program just in the first year. Yeah, I expected more. I expected more guys enter the portal. In fact, I think we did a buy-sell mm-hmm. one thing, and I think I, the number I gave you was 20 guys at some point enter, and we've got the rest of this window, we've got a whole other window to go to hit that number, but I don't think we are at this point, but I thought two quarterbacks would portal. I just, I thought that would happen and that hasn't happened. None of the quarterbacks have left there. There is a chance that we lose more receivers after the bowl game. And I'm specifically looking at Javaris Johnson. I don't think he'd transfer. I think he would take his talents and try a shot at the NFL level. sounds like, sounds like he's just kind of done with school. And so I, Mm -hmm. I don't blame him on that regard. So we'll see. We'll see what happens after this bowl game. There could be another wave after Auburn plays Maryland in a few weeks. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, and then you got your spring period. There's, there's a lot of stuff that can happen. Um, but those those windows are also open for the other schools, too, that already have 16, 17, 18. So, again, I, just, I expect Auburn to finish bottom half of the SEC in terms of number of people who want to leave the program for whatever reason in the portal. Um, yeah. It, which, which is interesting because as we talked about last week or a couple of weeks ago, when we did that by sell, um, y- after year one, usually you have about the same number of transfers as before year one, because before year one, like you're wondering, do I fit or do I not, you know, if you fit or not after the first year of a coaching staff. So right. again, I think it says a lot about the staff that it's a relatively low number that have decided to leave. Mm-hmm. You're right. All right. You're right. Before we talk a little offensive line, all right, let's talk about something that is not offensive at all, and that is Manscaped. Our friends at Manscaped right now use the promo code VICE. Got to tell you, we're getting close to Christmas. Got to place those orders. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code VICE. We're talking about the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker 2.0 Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Those feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, Zach, and that helps you protect your delicate presence. You know what I mean? Uh, plus, both are waterproof. Your so pants presence, as you like to right, say. That's right, your pants presence. Very delicate yeah. pants presence. Uh, no lumps of coal here. 
right? You got to protect those. And uh, both the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker 2.0 Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer um, are waterproof. So there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. You can get both as a part of Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0 Ultra. It is the ultimate bundle for the man who deserves it all. So whether you are the man who deserves it all or whether you are a lady watching the show and your man deserves it all, just go to manscaped.com, use promo code VICE, get free shipping and 20% off. Do it now. Do it today. Make sure it's here before Christmas. All right, Brad. Uh, the offensive line has been a target in the transfer portal. And Auburn seemed interested at least. They, they at least interested enough to host some of these guys. Yeah. Bedford uh, from Indiana. He is now committed to Colorado. And then Jerquan Scott, who was from Southern Miss, he committed to Ole Miss over Auburn. And it does seem like Auburn backed off of Scott a little bit. I think Bedford probably was a take, but I, mm -hmm. I don't think Scott was at that moment. And he was for Ole Miss. And so he jumped. Um, jumped on that boat, which I think was probably the smart move for him. But Auburn revamping this offensive line. The, the talk is they want an, uh, a tackle and they want an interior guy. And mm -hmm. two of the guys coming in now, there's a lot of smoke around. Vinny Scurry, who is from Toledo. He's a left guard at Toledo. And then San Jose State's left tackle, Fernando Carmona Jr. Both these guys have played a lot of football. They've played at a, at a high level at their respective levels of competition. And I think both of these guys, you can look at and say, okay, their frame can translate to the SEC level. And I think their production can translate mm -hmm. to the next level. We're hoping for another Gunner Britton. And so can one of these guys come in yeah. and do that? I think they could. I think they could. Yeah. No. And, and since our last show, Auburn's added a commitment from Seth uh, Wilfred, the Juco offensive tackle. Um, now, whether he's a guy who comes right in as a, and is expected to to play right away, I don't know. I kind of tend to look at him as a as a development piece, a he guy has who three years of eligibility, which is yeah. huge, yeah. yeah, massive. And so, I really like the way this staff is not just looking to add guys for the, like they didn't bring in Dylan Cinda to play in twenty twenty three. Right, part of that massive offensive line overhaul. Connor Lou, you might have projected to play. Obviously, the thought was if if Avery Jones, if something happened to him, then you know, then Connor was available and he winds up being a freshman All-American, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but like Dylan wasn't a guy they brought in to help immediately. It wasn't a triage type situation. Um, same thing with Seth Wilford. They're they're not just building for the 24 offensive line, but they they understand that if you want to compete at the top levels of the SEC. You need nine, 10 guys. You need depth, and you need to have some guys who can be in your program for a couple of years and get really entrenched. So that's exciting. Yeah, and the goal, I think, on the offensive line, and once again, circling back to these dudes who could either go or stay, Dylan yeah. Wade is on that list too. And if they could get a tackle that would allow Dylan Wade to scoot from tackle to guard, I think that changes everything. I yeah. think that changes everything with this offensive line. I think it slots everybody down a spot where they're probably comfortable at that level. And if you went, if you get this Fernando Carmona Jr. kid, mm -hmm. I shouldn't say kid. This is a man. This is a very <laughs> large man. But you have him at left tackle, and then Vinny Scurry or Dylan Wade at left guard. Connor lose your center. Right guard's probably. You know, the other guy that's not at left guard that we just mentioned. And then Tutal Miller 
at right tackle. And then you've got this quality depth of Jeremiah Wright battling for a spot, Jaden Muskrat battling for a spot, Tate Johnson sounds like he had a really good offseason a year ago. Hugh Freeze was impressed by him at times at press conferences a year ago. Then all of a sudden it's like, wow, Auburn has more quality depth on the offensive line than they've had since I've started covering the team 10 years ago. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's a major what they've done in 13 months is pretty remarkable if they're able to get these two guys. No question about it. You know what I like about Carmona too? He was a tight end coming out of high school. He has re he has some really solid athleticism. And not a bad high school program, by the way, in Nevada. There's some really strong high school programs in, in uh, Las Vegas and other parts of Nevada. So Carmona sure. was, a, was a tight end. Remember Jay Ratliff came out of high school as a tight end. They moved him around a little bit. He wound up playing defensive line in the NFL for a long time. He was pretty um, good. Yeah, he was pretty good. So uh, Carmona, a high school tight end. Um, there's also proof of concept taking a tackle, moving him to guard. We saw that this year with yeah. Gunnar Britton. And it's kind of the way that Butch Thompson and Carl Nonemaker take these second basemen. They let them play second for a year, then move them to short, and they can anchor there for a little while. Maybe the same type of thing uh, with, with Dylan Wade. I, that's probably your optimal scenario, optimum scenario for, for 2024. You get a guy who can play tackle, move Dylan to guard, but it's great to have options. Great to have options. Yeah, we know what Dylan Wade is at tackle already, so if you can't yeah. get that guy – or a guy comes in and pushes Dylan Wade in the competition. He says, no, I want to play tackle. Mm -hmm. um, all of these are good scenarios. All these scenarios make you better than you were a year ago. So I think that's yeah. huge. I There's think that's so huge. Just ev every one of these conversations, by the way, points to realistic, not rosy, not, you know, realistic, objective, like reasons why yeah. you should point that arrow north for 2024. Really good things happening. That's right. That's right. Brad, it's good to be back. Sorry it took so long. This was 100% my fault. I'm done traveling until I go to Mobile for the Senior Bowl next month. So we should be good to go. We Listen, be good to go. we're allowed to celebrate Christmas with families. That's allowed. And we're going to make up for it. We're going to be here the next few days. So you get a lot to catch up on here on Village Vice. That's right. We're not taking episodes from you. We're just moving yeah. them around. So right. we, will, uh, we will load up the tail end of this week for sure. Brad, that about does it for today's show. It does. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Remember, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours.